You know, Isaiah, I was a big fan of yours uh, when you were in college. We're going to get more into that. But you are joining Showtime with Coop. This is called Insightful BS with some of my Laker friends and my NBA legends. And Ari has the first question for you. Well, for me, you know, first of all, I love your work on television. You do great insight. Um, and I work in, in sports radio and, and for a long time and have. And, you know, it's rare to get, you know, a combination of great player who also brings great insights that really make you think. And, you know, I, I obviously recognize your relationship over the years with Bill Simmons. But when I read the book of basketball, and the book of basketball by Bill Simmons, the entire premise of the book is centered on the secret to basketball, which Isaiah, you told Bill Simmons had nothing to do with basketball. It has, it, it's about everything else. It's about the plane rides. It's about the dinners. It's about, and I, in my entire life in sports analysis, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, whatever. It, I just find that to be so insightful and instructive. And I, I just wanted to start to speak to that. The idea of everybody thinks about, the analytics and what happens between the lines, but the truth of the matter is it's all about everything else. Yeah, it, it, it truly is. It, it's about the things that, that bring analytics to life. Um, you know, what, what allows uh, you to, to have a successful play or to score two points or to have a, a successful defensive transition and a stop you know, the, the analytics only truly judges the end result, but it never gives you the, the, the how and the why it happens. Uh, it just gives you, you know, basically uh, the, the, the finality of, of what happened. And so what I always try to do is just really go back to the basics, break it down, uh, you know, to the fundamentals of, of your personhood, your relationships, how you feel about each other, the trust that you build with uh, your teammates, the trust you build with your coaches mm -hmm. that allows you to go out and implement those things out on the floor that we call a game plan. You know what, Isaiah, I'm going to go back a little bit to where it all got started on the, in, in Chicago for you. Um, what gave you the motivation or who motivated you to become, um, was basketball your first love? Football, baseball? No, actually, football was my first love. Um, <laughs> okay. and if, if you remember when we were growing up, uh, the NBA wasn't on television. It truly was all about football and about the NFL and the AFL at that time. Who did you idolize as a football player? Um, Gail Sayers, um, you know, when, when he was with the Bears, uh, Gail Sayers. And then as time went on, uh, idolized those Raider teams uh, with, with Kenny Stabler. And, uh, and, and then when you went to, you know, you went to the Cowboys, you went to the Steelers, watching them go back and forth, um, you know, Starback, uh, Calvin Hill, Drew Pearson. And then on the other side, you had Lynn Swan, Stalwart, uh, Starback. Uh, so you, I mean, uh, Bradshaw. So watching football and growing up, you really was, I was truly a football fan. Uh, what position would you like, what, what position do you think you would have excelled at? I was a wide receiver, um, DB, and also a quarterback. But I was I was Fran Tarkenton as a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was. Uh, they would say hike, and I would scramble. <laughs> well, my favorite, I, I like you. I like football too. Cleveland Browns was my favorite team, yeah. and great Paul Warfield. I always oh, yeah. wanted to be a wide receiver like him. 
wore number 42 for him. And I was out on the playground playing Isaiah on the field, and I jumped in the air because he used to make these acrobatic catches. And a guy knocked my feet out from under me, man. Next thing I woke up, everybody was looking, Coop, you all right, man? You okay? And yeah. that ended my football career there. <laughs> <laughs> so you start playing basketball, and the love of the game came from? It came from my brothers. All my, all my brothers played basketball. And, you know, all the sports were um, seasonal at that time. You never played basketball year-round. <clears throat> you never played football year-round. So you kind of went with the seasons. And whenever my brothers were uh, playing uh, basketball, uh, six brothers, I would always go to the court and watch them play. I uh, never could get out there and play with them because I was too small. We didn't have babysitters, so they took me everywhere with them. Were you the youngest of the group? I was the youngest, uh, okay. youngest of nine, six brothers, two sisters. Is that one of those like, guys, you have to take your brother with you. <clears throat> oh, do we? No, no, no. My mom was like, uh, you know, Wherever y'all go, y'all all go together. And there wasn't like no, oh, do we? It was like, okay, yes. mom. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You know, Isaiah, I tell kids today, I got a 15-year-old son. And when we were growing up, I had one younger brother, but I grew up with all my cousins. I grew up with like, my, I grew up with my grandmother. We had like 15 people in the family. And so I had like five cousins that were with me. And we used to go from block to block playing different people. You know, we get to the park and play outside. They don't kids today don't understand about the asphalt rule. Yeah, yeah. The asphalt rule is you don't hit the ground. So you yep. do everything you can to stay up. It ain't like indoors. I'm pretty sure it was the same way for you. Absolutely. And and not only the the asphalt rule, you don't you don't fall on the ground. The two things you do, and if you hit the ground, you gotta you gotta roll with it, right? You just can't like I see people falling not coop, and it's like you know they've never played outside. <laughs> Because they be falling hard, man. <laughs> they be taking full-on body blows when they fall. I mean, they don't know how to fall and, and, and kind of roll with it. And the other thing is, when you hit the ground, you never stayed on the ground. Exactly. You had to get up quick and be like, "Nah, I'm, I'm all right." You know, you didn't want to, you didn't want anybody to know that you were hurt uh, because that gave the opponent an advantage to know that you were hurt. But now you see a guy fall on the ground and they, they lay there for days like, oh. And they do this to get their teammates to come help them up. Yeah. I, that, that bothers me to no end in the NBA. Uh, but so you go to high school and you find yourself with the choice between other schools and Indiana. Why Indiana? My mom made the choice for me to go to Indiana. I mean. Uh, Even knowing that Bobby Knight was like that? She, 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 she. <laughs> She, a, a, she wanted me to get out of Chicago, but B, she wanted a coach that wasn't going to give me everything. And see, I didn't realize at that time in, in high school, um, you know, how, how good a player you were. Because, you know, you're still competing with everybody. And, and everybody wants to pamper you, give you this, give you that. And, and of course, being a teenager, you want everybody to give you this and give you that. She wanted me to basically have someone that was a gonna still instill the discipline uh, that she had instilled and that my dad had instilled in the house, but yet be able to stay on the path educationally, but not be given everything, but have to work for it. And I think that's why she chose uh, Indiana and Coach Knight for me. Was, was academics preached hard in your family? Academics was preached hard in your family? 
that that was that was the only thing that was really preached. My father hated uh, basketball, football. He hated entertainment. Uh, he was like, the only way we're going to get out of poverty, the only way you're going to get out of this is is through education. And so, uh, you know, education was preached heavily in the household. You had to read every day. You had to read every night. And then you had to get tests on the things that you read. What did you wow. know about Bobby Knight before you went to Indiana? And, and I mean, what was your relationship with him like? And obviously over the years, too. See, I knew he was a, I knew he was a great coach. And you have to remember Quinn Buckner, who was all of our heroes growing up in Chicago. He went to Indiana and Quinn Buckner went undefeated. Listen to this. Quinn Buckner went undefeated in high school and then goes to Indiana and is undefeated in college. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so Quinn, you know, when Quinn would, would walk in, like, you know, music would start playing like, da-da, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's how, that's how revered Quinn Buckner was. So when Quinn Buckner went to, to Indiana, everyone in uh, Chicago was like, okay, we followed two teams. We followed Indiana and we followed Notre Dame. I say, I'm gonna say this and don't take it personal, okay? Bobby Knight was an asshole, man. I could not have played for him. How did you handle that, though? I mean, the screaming, was it all the time? Who? So was Lambeer. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get to him in a minute, but that was Bobby Knight. (laughs) No, but, but, but he screamed, but this is what he was screaming. Hey, you better than him. Don't take that from him. You, but he was very demonstrative, right? Mm-hmm. And and very, you know, and 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 when people would see it, the, the announcers would be like, "Oh, Bobby's really giving it to him." But he would be he would be saying, "Look, the whole week, we we practiced. This is what the guy's getting ready to do, and damn, he just did that to you. Don't let him do that." And that that's that's was the conversation. So that's why you can hear it and not necessarily pay attention to him being so demonstrative because you knew what was coming out of his mouth were the things that that he was trying to help you get better at so this guy wouldn't you were playing against wouldn't take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Coop, there was a guy that played at Illinois by the name of Reno Gray. Now you know oh, all of us have one guy. <laughs> Did you know Reno Gray? <laughs> Coop, I couldn't do nothing with him, man. Coop, he was averaging like six points but when he saw Isaiah Thomas, just mark it down. It was 24. <laughs> and, and he would kill me, and I couldn't do nothing with him. And Coach Knight, that's the only guy Coach Knight would really just be like, hey, you, I understand you can't do nothing with this guy. So I'll, I'll put Jimmy Thomas in. Hopefully he can handle it. I'm going to tell you, from the outside, it always looked like he was cursing y'all out. And that yes. was my fear. I did not want to go anywhere to a coach like that. But oh, uh, you to love you, you, you to love playing for Coach Knight. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was. Yeah, was he, he a teacher though in practice? Really yeah, good teacher. Because defensively, often, and and I watched you. You know, I admired you know you for a long time, and I knew the type of pride that you took defensively, and how you prided yourself on shedding people down, and then not only shedding them down but mentally wearing them down. You would have loved playing for Coach Knight. I mean, absolutely, you you and he would have fit like hand in glove. Well, you know what, I, I think I had a similar coach in Coach Ellenberger at New Mexico. This guy was just uh, tenacious on defense. Coop, you gotta get up in him and you gotta be them. And yeah, so yeah. I kinda, uh, kinda understand what you're saying. So you finish up 
at uh, Indiana and uh, you go, you get drafted by Detroit. Mm -hmm. What was that like coming into the NBA? It, it was, well, y'all, y'all had just won the, 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 mm -hmm. the, had just won a championship and magic was the MVP. And, and that summer I got a chance to, to barnstorm and hang around with magic, George Gervin and Dr. J. So I'm playing that whole summer with them. We going from town to town and magic telling stories about, you know, y'all winning everything. Right. And so now the season start. And I don't know if you remember this, but we played y'all in the exhibition game. Uh, my, my rookie. <laughs> and I'll never forget <laughs> this, man. This is right. We're in the silver dome and, and magic. Throws, no, no magic throws it in. And I come back to double on Kareem. And Kareem looks me dead in my eye, just like this, Coop. He goes, is this your man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is, this, 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 is, this is a different level of play. But I will say this, having the opportunity, my rookie season, and my first you know, four, five, six years, to follow the Lakers and to follow you guys around in your ups and downs. And I never forget, I never forget, and I don't know if you remember this, Coop, but when y'all lost to the Celtics, was it in, did y'all lose to them in? 84. 84. 84. When y'all lost them in 84, I don't know if you remember, but I was at y'all team exit meetings. Oh, no. I, yeah, I do remember and, that. And and I and I never forget, like, like the, the heartache and the pain and everything that all of you had, how quiet that room was. And, and um, I think um, James Ingram had come out with the song, Just Once, yep. can we figure yep. out what we keep doing? And, and, and just watching y'all go through that and, and taking notes and learning. Man, y'all taught me, y'all taught the Pistons, Y'all in the Celtics taught us how to be champions, how to win, and, and how to get up from adversity. Uh, was 84 the year that, that Worthy threw the ball away yep, on the yep. sideline and Gerald Henderson intercepted? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, <laughs> think about this, Coop. That series, he Worthy threw the ball away, and I think Magic dribbled out the shot clock. Now, I come back years later, guess what? I make the same exact play Wow. I throw the ball away. Bird steals it. They lay it up. But if I don't watch Worthy get up, if I don't watch Magic get up, if I don't watch the Lakers get up, I'm still trying to figure out, man, what happened to me. But watching y'all go through it, y'all taught us how to be champions, man. Definitely. And I, I told people this because I, I remember seeing you in the, in the locker room at a lot of games. and You were always kind of like standing in the corner. And I said, you know what? That guy is here for a reason. And I knew you were close friends. You and Magic were really close friends. But I said, you know what? He's just looking and watching. And as you go through your rough times, like Jordan did in Chicago, the one thing I always admire about you, too, is that y'all didn't, and I don't necessarily call it running away to win a championship, but you guys were learning how to win a championship. The pieces that you had to have, the, the, uh, the individual players that needed uh, to help you win a championship. So you guys get there. And every year you're losing to Boston, you have your rough times against Chicago, you have your rough times against Philly, but eventually the bad boys start making waves. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about 
the individual personnel to making up of the bad boys. We had Rick Mahorn on here about a month ago. Rick, <laughs> fucking hilarious, man. Hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> a little bit about that. I want to hear from your point of view, you being a leader and a captain of that team. I, I looked at it, Coop, that, that you know, y'all, y'all were the Ivy Leagues. Y'all were Yale and Harvard. And we had to go to school to learn from Boston and LA. Y'all, y'all were the two champions and, and y'all were the teachers. And, and, every, and everything that y'all were doing, again, I was in there just, just taking notes and trying to emulate and bring back to our team and saying, okay, this is, this is how you build tradition. This is how you build culture. This is how you make people accountable. But more, more importantly, watching Boston and watching LA was like, this is how you allow others to become better in their roles and excel in their roles and be champions in their roles. And you don't have to have it all for yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Kareem and I'm like. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It absolutely is. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSetsMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account. A current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime. You know, I remember in 1970, this was Lou Alcindor. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, what? Oh, I remember him in UCLA and, you know, the, the whole thing, you know, the controversy around the 60 year Olympics, him not going. And all of a sudden, Kareem is like talking to me. <laughs> and <it's> yeah. a, <laughs> but, but watching Kareem, and, and forgive me for saying this, but watching Kareem allow all of you to grow and be champions. And he himself never acted like, oh, I'm the man, I'm the best, I'm this, I'm that. And then Magic coming along and then helping, like seeing Magic like get excited. Who's that little boy that just went by? Tell him. That's my son. (laughs) (laughs) Isaiah, he ain't little, he's six three. (laughs) Oh man, man. Well, hey, we old now, so everybody. Exactly. <laughs> but but watching Magic get so excited about giving you an Ali Hoop or, or Byron Scott scoring a point, 
You know, and if you remember, Coop, my first couple of years in the NBA, I was killing people, scoring and everything else. But then I remember we played you a couple of times and Magic would have like 10 points, 12 points. But he dominated the whole game. Yep. He would shoot the ball six times and, I mean, totally dominate the game, like in every every box. And you're like, man, Magic killed us tonight. And then you look at the statue, you're like, yeah, he only had 10 points. <laughs> You know, so learning how to win, learning how to play chess. So that's that's what I learned from you guys. And you guys were brilliant at it. And you know what? I also think the biggest thing that and you really can't say magic without saying Larry Bird or Larry without saying magic because they changed the way the game was played. But they really made it important on what the word team meant. Yeah. Together, everyone achieves more. And that was the one thing that we talked about every year is that everybody's roles had to expand. And as you guys went through those turbulent times and started becoming that team in the East and, you know, it was uh, black and blue basketball. You get Bill Lambert, who I fucking can't hate to this day, but I still <laughs> respect the guy. You get Rick Mahorn. You get Joe Dumars. You get Benny Johnson. And now you guys got what they call a three-headed monster in the guard uh, backcourt, kind of like what we had in Boston had that. Did you guys get along, you, JD, and Vinny? How was your relationship? Oh, yeah, we had we had great relationships. And the reason why we had great relationships, again, is because we had a chance to watch, I had a chance to watch y'all. I, I had a chance to watch the Celtics and, and, and mirror that. So I understood how important it was to have a great relationship, to go out to dinner, right? To hang together. And, and when the other one got going, to take a step back and say, hey man, it, it, it's your turn tonight. Go ahead, go ahead, get yours, mm -hmm. you know? And the thing that I love about the Lakers, the Celtics and the Pistons right now, Coop, you can go to all our teams and everybody know our eighth, ninth and 10th man on the roster. Yep. Now that that that's when you're talking about okay that's that's what a team was all about. I mean, people know John Sally, and John Sally was only averaging six points. People know you know Mahorn, Buddha, and all that. So everybody knows like one through ten on all of our championship teams, just like yours. Everybody contributed. Everybody was collective together, and and to me, that that's what basketball was all about. So. You know, having those relationships with Vinny and Joe, and we were all small, so we all had attitude because at the time, <laughs> yeah, because at the time the league had gone to all big guards. I mean, yep. you were six six, Magic was six nine. Then you had Sidney Moncrief, Paul Pressey, Reggie Theus. Nobody really had a small guard or small backcourts. We were the only ones, and 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 every play was a pick and roll play. <laughs> Y'all you know? kill with that there. Y'all absolutely kill with that. But, um, uh, okay, so now you guys are fighting your way to the East to becoming one of the teams to compete against. How did the Jordan rules come about? We – Now, we, first of all, Isaiah, before you start, I thought that was a bullshit because y'all were trying to hurt him. But I want to hear from <laughs> you. But you know what? Back then it was intimidate like – Intimidate him, Coop. Intimidate him. Listen, you hit that paint, you got to touch the ground, man. And that was... <laughs> we was trying to hurt him. 
I see. Now, wait a minute. I seen the tape. I was at the game. I saw the shit that you was doing to Bird. I saw Bird. I saw Bird come off a screen on the baseline, and his whole shirt <laughs> was pulled to one side. Not only was his whole shirt pulled to one side, but your fingernails. He had he had four fingernail wounds. Oh, I used to bite my fingers, so it wasn't me back then. So, so I'm just saying, well, I'm like, time out. I'm I'm watching Mikhail snatch Rambis out of the air, body slam him to the floor. I'm watching ML Carr walk across the line looking at you doing this. <laughs> I said, we live by Malcolm X Creed, by any means necessary, baby. So I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, time out. Don't even. Oh, y'all was trying to hurt him. Wait, I remember coming down the lane, and at that time, my best friend, Magic Johnson, <laughs> his forearm, and you remember this, put it right in my face while I'm up in the air. Come on, man. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> Tell us about Jordan Rule. Where they learn it from? Okay, Where okay. they learn from, Coop? I just, want, I, just want to, I just want to set the table first. Okay. <laughs> right. so, the, so the Jordan Rule simple was this, right? We knew that he had a difficult time going left. So we would force him left and, and then we would come in trap. And at that time, Coop, you know, he was a very reluctant passer. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, and sometimes he would force and take bad shots with two people on him. And until Phil Jackson came, Phil Jackson convinced him that he got to start using his teammates. So what we did is we just played to his weaknesses in terms of forcing him left, trapping him, making him take bad shots. And when he did throw it to his teammates, they hadn't shot the ball in so long that yeah. they were cold. Yeah. Now, in terms of when he was going to the basket, we knew that his he had a genetic gift. And, and I look at, when I'm a small guy, so I look at you, I look at Magic, I look at Bird, I look at, you know, Jordan, I say, okay, y'all got, y'all got genetics over me. Y'all got height, and then Jordan had a genetic gift of, you know, he had a 49-inch vertical. So when he got up in the air, you know, you, you can't do nothing with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like same rules that y'all had, same rules that Boston had. You know, when somebody goes to the basket, as opposed to letting them dunk or get a shot off, that's a for sure two, you send them to the line, and maybe you split one. So we just played the percentages. And that those really were the Jordan rules. But we had the Jordan rules. We had the Kareem rules. We had the <laughs> magic rules. We had the bird rules. It just so happened that, you know, Sam, Sam Smith wrote a book called The Jordan Rules. So everybody think that there was only, you know, the Jordan rules. But, hey, I watch y'all play the, the San Antonio Spurs. Y'all had the George Gervin rules. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't have it, ice was going to score 40 on you. <laughs> yeah, so, so every, you know, the best player always has the defensive rules yeah. set against him. And, and, and now, so the Jordan rules became a catchy thing. But, you know, we had magic rules. We had Kareem rules. You know, that was... That's just how it went. Speaking of being physical, Coop, you, were you guys going after his ankle in 88, in the 88 finals? Is, did that happen? Well, wait a minute. Now, I'm just getting ready to get to that, all right? Because I got to lay the, like, he laid the groundwork before that. I got to lay the groundwork. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, we, we see them in 88. 
okay, and we're playing them. Isaiah twisted his ankle. Now, what people see is that Isaiah had, what was it, 27 and a quarter? It wasn't all on me, Ari. That shit was not all on me. I didn't start. I, I didn't start. I, Byron Scott started. So I'm going to say of those 27, I might have caught 10, so I think I was a bit better. But you know what, Isaiah? That was probably of the best performance. And I've, you know, we've been around in this league and we've seen many great players. I mean, I, I, I was there when George Gervin, uh, Pat Riley didn't pick him in the All-Star and George, we saw San Antonio, the, the very first game after the All-Star break, Gervin gave us 45. So I've seen people that can score, but for somebody that was considered, so they say small, which you weren't, you just small in stature, but the fucking game spoke for itself. To see somebody do that, and I mean, I was playing you as hard as I could. I, I, I was never really a physical player, but I mean, I was giving you all that. Uh, the way you scored was so easy. What did it feel like being in the zone? Because you were in the fucking zone, man. I mean, I, I did everything I possibly could. That's it? Okay. Well, I understand. You know, it's hard to explain. So. <laughs> no, but, but, but Cooper, I, I've been asked that question a lot. And, and to this day, my, my answer is I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I really don't. Because as you can see, I never replicated it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you, you know, some, something happened where, you know, you, you got into the zone, the, the, the spirit came, you, you, you got the Holy Ghost or whatever it was. But, but you I did this like, and you were injured, Isaiah. It's a different thing. Yeah, yeah. And, but I, I wanted to win so bad, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and we had been through so much pain to get there. And all I kept thinking about was, uh, you know, what I went through as a child. You know, I was like, you know, I was watching people like die, you know, getting murdered, going to people. So all those things, actually, when I was laying there on the, on the floor, I was watching, you know, kind of all those things play back, you know, those painful memories that you had. And, and it was like, I, I can't stop. I, I gotta get up. I gotta, I gotta try it. And then when I went back out on the floor, Hey man, something happened where it just, I, I can't explain it. I, I'm glad it happened. Um, but, you know, I, 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 Coop, I really can't explain it. I don't. Well, I'm going to give you that game because we ended up winning the championship. But I'm going to tell you yeah. one shot. What happened the next year, though? Y'all straight up cheated. Coop, y'all straight up cheated. Come on, man. Kareem was not fouled. Kareem <laughs> was not fouled. Well, you know what? If Bill didn't have the the uh, uh, the, um, the reputation, yeah, the reputation of being so physical, and when he wasn't shit, he wouldn't <laughs> have got that call. But the one shot that irks me the most, Isaiah, in, in that run that you had in the third quarter, I was guarding you and I was pushing you to your left, and they took a picture of this. I've seen this in many articles and stuff like that. But that fallaway jump shot that you hit from the baseline side. Hey, everybody! It's Nick Gelso from Showtime with Coop. As we all know, fall is unfortunately right around the corner, and that all means that our lives are going to get a whole lot busy. That's why we at Showtime have partnered with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. They've been a lifesaver for me and my family, delivering farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes right to the doorstep, my front doorstep. I'm always excited to try new recipes, and HelloFresh keeps it exciting with over 40 chef-crafted recipes to choose from. They come in every single week. And for those busy days, there are the quick and easy dinner options, and they're a game changer. All you need is 15 minutes, 
in the kitchen and dinner is served. Now let's talk about saving time, time and money. With HelloFresh, I'm not stuck in those annoying checkout lines anymore. I'm spending 25% less than I would on takeout, and it's way less expensive than the grocery store. Plus, I could add snacks, sides, and, and more from the HelloFresh market. So banish the end of summer blues and embrace the fall season with HelloFresh. Trust me. Trust your taste buds. Trust your wallet. They'll all be thanking me by the time you finish your first week with HelloFresh. And here's a special offer just to make it a bit easier for you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Showtime. Use the code 50Showtime for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50Showtime. And use the code 50Showtime for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. That bothers me because that particular uh, individual possession, I thought I had played the best defense of my entire career and you still got that shot off and hit on net. Now, I just want you to know to this day that you always have something on me that bothers me. Uh, sometimes that keeps me up at night. And um, I'm going to figure out a way, some kind of way, whether I trip you and block your shot by accident when we get older. Because uh, I'm in my late 60s now, so I don't jump anymore. But you know what? That was a tremendous game, Isaiah. I give you kudos for that, brother. Uh, but that bothered me. Well, you know, Coop, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you still feel that hurt. <laughs> and and uh, I'm, uh and and it and it warms my heart to know that you 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 having them nightmares and, and and the next time we get out on the court i'm gonna make sure that i try to have a replay of that moment again for you replicate that shot that ain't gonna happen well, I, I guarantee i won't be as close as i was then because i just had a hip replacement because my joints are falling apart but uh uh, to finish this off real quick, Isaiah. So the next year we come back, we're looking to be the first team to three-peat in the longest. We had won in 87. We beat you guys in 88. Whether it's a cheating or not, we still won the series. Yeah. And then we see you guys in 89. We were so primed to come to, to Detroit. That first game we get there, we're really, really hyped up. Pat got us going. Byron Scott tears his hamstring in practice. And we're like, um, damn. Okay, all right, we, we got this, we got this. So the next day we go to shoot around, ball goes up. Well, before I do that, why did you and Magic kiss? Well, we used to, Coop, we used to always hug each other, right? Yeah. And it, it's like, and it's like we, we were friends early on when we met. Mm -hmm. But then it's like we became brothers and we, we became, you know, with each other's family. And you know, when you meet your family, you don't give him a handshake. Yeah. And you always gave him a hug and you gave him a kiss. So we started treating each other like brothers as opposed to treating each other like friends. And I, I respected that. I really did. But the ball goes up. Magic dribbles down the court, tears his ham. What, what was Detroit thinking at that time? We get ready to murder y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what we were thinking. That's exactly what we were thinking. We were okay, I'm going to tell you what we were thinking when Magic went down. This is just my personal thoughts. And I've, I've, James and I have talked about this. I said, you know what? We can ready to get our ass towed up. <laughs> and, uh, but the one thing I was very happy about our team, Wait, I'm I, very happy about our team, every game, that four series, we were leading y'all at halftime. When we went to halftime, almost, yeah, every game, 
every game we were up at halftime on y'all, whether it be by 10 or six or some, you guys just wore us down, wore us down and uh, got your first championship. Well, I, I looked at it this way, Coop. I, I know y'all thought that y'all was going to come and win. Now you got to think about our mindset, right? Yeah. So the year before, we thinking that I'm, and I'm definitely thinking if I don't get hurt, game six is a wrap. Y'all, y'all lose game six, and, and we win it in six, right? Yeah. They're beating us in seven. I really don't play in game seven. Y'all win game seven by three points mm-hmm. on y'all floor in LA. Phantom fall. So now all the pain that y'all have went through in '84. I'm replaying now. Now I'm going wow. back. And I'm saying, this how they bounced back. This is what they did that summer. So now I'm carrying that pain and that anger with me the whole year. Who? I know you felt it. When y'all walked out on that palace floor, man, we, we, we was, we- already. We weren't talking about playing basketball. We physically came to eat your liver. Like we, <laughs> we, we, was, we, was, we was just like, hey man, yeah. There, there is no way y'all going to win. And, and the intensity and the hunger that we was playing with on every single possession, it, it just won no way. Now, this is what I do know. I was scared too. <laughs> because, because remember, I have, I have watched Magic, you, Kareem, Worthy, bounce back. Yeah. And I knew the, 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 the force that y'all can bounce back with. So I was prepared for that type of force. But at the same time, I know we didn't have the talent, the real talent to match a Magic at his best, a Kareem at his best, and a Worthy at his best. Our talent level couldn't raise that high. But at the same time, our hunger and our intensity could match that and shut that down. And that's what and, we and, and, and y'all had depth. I think that was yeah. a big thing. Yeah. Y'all could go depth. nine, ten deep. Yes. Rick Mahorn uh, made a joke about Tony Campbell. He said, Coop, we knew we were going to whoop y'all's ass when we looked down there and saw Tony Campbell coming into the game. I was like, Rick, okay, calm down. It's all right. When y'all put Tony Campbell on me, because y'all didn't want, yeah, it, it's like, it's like, when, when I saw Tony Campbell on me, I was like, come on. We used to call him TikTok. I was like, oh, you know what you do TikTok. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, Isaiah, we're at the point of the show where I call, you're in Coop's lightning round. I'm going to give you six names and just give me a little bit of, about them, okay? Okay. Uh, Dave Bean. Woo. Mentor, role model, uh, great player, but mentor, role model, off the floor, brought me into the Players Association, gave me the first thought of being a president of the Players Association. And then, you know, he went on to become the mayor of Detroit. We've already talked about Bob Knight, but give us something else, a little bit more about him. Uh, Critical thinker. Uh, He always said mental is to physical as four is to one. It's a thinking man's game. And if you can outthink your opponent, you can beat your opponent. Chuck Daly. Uh, definitely a smooth dresser, but also, you know, um, uh, someone who grew with us when we were young and then he let us become fathers 
and husbands. And so he was able to, to hold on. And as we got older, Coop, right, he was able to let go, which was, was, which was brilliant, you know, and genius of him to be able to do that and understand our maturation. Uh, what Rick, his name was Daddy Rich, Papa Rich, that's Rich, Daddy, Daddy Rich. Rich. That's okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> Jack McCloskey. Jack McCloskey, tough as nails. I, I got to tell this story about Jack McCloskey. Um, so we 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 having our battles with with, with Boston uh, as we up and coming. So we go to the All Star game, I believe. Um, I'm not sure where the All Star game was that year, but it's me, Joe Dumars, and Jack McCloskey on the elevator. The elevator door opens, Red Arback walks in. And Joe and I standing in the back thinking that Jack and Red are at least gonna say hello, shake hands or whatever. Do you know that whole elevator ride we rode down and neither one of them looked at each other, acknowledged each other or said hello. They got off the elevator, Joe and I looked at each other and it was like, Okay, we, we understand how this really <laughs> is now. <laughs> like they were complete strangers. Like they had never met. Jack McCloskey, you know, when, when you talk about the, the heart and soul of the Detroit Pistons and the toughness, bad boys, all that, that came strictly from Jack McCloskey. Uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, uh, I mean, unbelievable, gifted, talented, uh, the most... I mean, we had never seen an athlete like him in our league. Yeah. You know, it was Dr. J, uh, but then Jordan came in and it was like, we we can't keep up with him when he was on the ground, but when he jumped, yep, yep. Just like, you know, Michael Jordan became an unbelievable champion. Not only did he become an unbelievable champion, but what he did for our game, Coop, he took our game and 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 not only domestically improved it, but internationally introduced the game on a global scale that made it all possible for us to really earn the type of livings that we earn in. Mm-hmm. He exploded with basketball. I mean, there, there's two players that I think you really have to give credit to for, for expanding the, 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 the boundaries of the basketball world. That's Michael Jordan and LeBron James what they have done internationally for all sport and monetarily for all sport. You know, there's no, there's been no two players like them before. Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson, uh, Operation Push, Operation Breadbasket. Um, he and Fred Hampton, uh, they used to always feed us on the west side and the south side of Chicago. Um, you know, he's a civil rights leader, icon and and, and he doesn't get enough credit for what he did in terms of changing politics. So when we look at the Electoral College, the reason why Barack Obama can become president of the United States is because when Reverend Jackson ran for president and they changed the whole electoral colleges and how it works, it really gave everybody an equal chance and an opportunity to become president. And Reverend Jackson, he may have lost in 84, but what he did in terms of changing the politics behind it and the system, most importantly, the system of how you elect a president, mm-hmm. he don't get enough credit for what he did. Are you out telling people about this, young kids? Absolutely, I do. Opportunity? 
Yes, I do. Every every chance I get, I let it be known. Oh, one think, last thing, Isaiah. You think Coop should be in the Hall of Fame, Isaiah? Oh, they whole Laker team should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, <laughs> when you look at champions, right? You know, the way they the way they judge individual players and take them away from their team, you can't have success without your team. So as much as you want to talk about Kareem, you can't talk about Kareem and Magic without mentioning Cooper and Scott. Just can't do it. And I'm sorry, and, and, and worthy. My last uh, question for you, Isaiah, have you always had that nice smile? Did you have that when you were little? Yeah, that's why I had to yeah. fight a lot. Yeah, fight. Because <laughs> <laughs> cool. people, people always thought I was, you know, like laughing at them or smiling at them. I'm like, no, man, this is just how I look. <laughs> Me too. Same thing. But Isaiah, listen, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on Showtime with Coop. Appreciate it. Now I can say I got two bad boys in my back pocket. I'm trying to find them other ones. Uh, John <laughs> Sally's the last one I'm looking for. Uh, but again, thank you, Isaiah. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you. And, and I love you and appreciate you for, for all the lessons that y'all gave me along the way and just letting me 